welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk. I hope you're well. I am recording this on the morning of the podcast, um, purely because yesterday I just didn't really have much energy. It was so hot and we decided to put the car seat in the car, which didn't exactly go to plan. Um, We just wanted to try it out and then after that I just was in no mood to (laughs) record the podcast. I wanted to leave it until yesterday because I had my midwife checkup appointment for 34 weeks yesterday. And um, I wanted to fill you all all in on however that went. So, um, yeah, my fault that this isn't available for your morning commute. And I'm sorry, but I hope you're listening to it now. Maybe it's still Wednesday, maybe it's not. But this is the long-awaited Nappy Podcast. Woohoo! So, um, today's podcast is the second of our Essentials series. So, last week was The Essentials, number one. And this is essentials number two. So today we are talking about nappies. We are talking about um, nappies, disposable wipes, just how um, reusable wipes, just how you go about cleaning baby's bottom in a way that is good for the environment, also um, potentially cost effective. It's quite difficult to actually know what is most cost effective. Um, and also good for baby and fits in with your lifestyle and your schedule. So, I have um, some bits and pieces I want to share with you, but I thought I might as well fill you in first on my appointment with my midwife and also our car fitting scenario last night because I think a lot of you will find it funny and it may well make you think, I'm going to just check mine in my car. (laughs) So... Uh, what shall I start with? I'll start with the midwife appointment. So yesterday, the midwife actually came to my house yesterday. I think she came an appointment early um, because I was asking loads of questions about birth plans and um, all sorts of things for like the last, I don't know, three appointments. I've been like, when do I get to do my birth plan? When do we get to talk about this? And um, anyway, so Hendrik actually took this time off. So he's allowed to take time for two appointments, unpaid two appointments, and um, he wanted to be there for this one. We heard the baby's heartbeat, which was lovely. Um, It was weird when she came over, because it was like, oh, there's no bed to lie on, and this is awkward, and, um, but no, it was fine. It was actually really fine. I've got the most lovely midwife. She's so chilled. She's not kind of overly enthusiastic or overly friendly. She's just, she's perfect. She's just really relaxed and kind of, yeah, you know, this is what happens. This is how it is, which is great, is exactly what I need. Um, So yeah, she checked the heartbeat, which was great. Um, She was asking me about kicks, which was great. I actually had a quiet day, maybe three days ago now, where baby just didn't seem to be... I mean, I I, I put a post on my Instagram the other um, day about being kicked from the inside, like I had a rugby player in there, um, and it had really ramped up. And then the day after I put that post on, nothing like hardly anything and I was this close to calling um the hospital and just going in to double check I did the whole lying down on your side drink cold water eat sugary food she responded but not responded how she normally does anyway I just had this sixth sense and I I kept thinking you know you'll know as the mother if there's something wrong that's what everyone always says but I just thought ah I don't know anyway I didn't call um, you always, always should if you're ever concerned. I just didn't. I obviously wasn't that concerned. Um, and everything's fine. Everything's totally fine. And she is, um, 
kicking away now as normal and has been for the last few days. So it literally was that one day and I was asking my midwife, you know, do they have growth spurts? Is this normal? And she said, yeah, very much so. They do have growth spurts. They won't necessarily stop kicking as much, but um, it might be that things ramped up and then slowed down a little bit. So, um, and she's just a little bit more comfy now or you just don't know, but um, always, always, always call your midwife or triage or wherever if you are uncertain about and you feel a dip in baby's movements. Um, but only you know and only you can monitor that. Um, so I did eventually, on the day, my quiet day, I did eventually get to the count of 10 kicks. Um, so that's why I wasn't too worried because she was obviously there. And then the next day... Um, she got the biggest hiccups, and I could really feel <laughs> feel them. I so I feel them quite close to my groin, and then I feel them at the, normally. And this time, I felt them like literally right under my boobs, where I assume her bum is. But this is another story. I'll come on to this in a minute. Um, and I could feel her um, in my in in her bum, I guess, or potentially her head. Um, I've sworn that for the last. Well, for however long, I reckon since like 28 weeks, she's been head down. Um, and I still think she is head down because I haven't felt that much movement of her potentially turning. But when the midwife came yesterday, she was feeling, and I mean, it's a very nice compliment. She did say, gosh, your um, abdominals are so strong still and your uh, tummy muscles are so strong still that I'm struggling to definitely 100% say if baby is head down or head up. I'm pretty sure there's a foot that keeps working its way into my ribs because it's not the head and it could be a fist I suppose but I do feel it often um, especially when I'm driving something is getting stuck under there. So I'm pretty certain touch wood I am touching wood right now that baby is head down but she wanted me to go for a positioning scan just to double check also because I am really trying to persuade Hendrik about a home birth so I think they also like to double check that it is head down for a home birth um and then we went on to measuring um bump so bump is measuring really quite a lot smaller than last time so when you look at your growth chart uh, I was measuring slightly above that central line if you are pregnant and you have a growth chart you'll know what I mean there's like a central line and then there's two below and two above so I was measuring almost up to second top line uh, no first top line so I'm not explaining this very well sorry so you got the middle line and then my cross was above that middle line but nearer kind of the first of the two top lines then I plateaued and kind of went normal, but was down on the central line, exactly where I should have been. Um, and now I've gone quite significantly below the central line of where I should be. So this could be so many things. Um, it could be that because this appointment I was at home um, and I was lying on the sofa, I thought I was, and she thought I was lying in the same position, but it may well be that I wasn't lying in the same position and I wasn't as supported as I was on the doctor's bed um, that can make a difference because apparently this this measurement is like one and a half centimeters out or what one to one and a half centimeters out which in measuring terms is quite a lot apparently but you know it could be that my layer of fat on my tummy or something went round underneath my back I don't know I don't know maybe not <laughs> 
Or when I've been to the doctors before, I've had a full bladder, although I think I've always done that pee sample. And I did the pee sample today. Didn't really eat much because she came in the morning, and normally my appointments are in the afternoon at the doctor's surgery, so it could be that. Could be loads of things. Anyway, so I'm not worried, basically, but I am going for a growth scan on Thursday, tomorrow, tomorrow, in the afternoon, which I'm very pleased about because then this weekend... I am off to London. My sister is throwing me a little bit of a gathering, um, baby gathering, which will be really, really nice. Just a really, really small one at her house um, in London. I'm actually flying up on uh, Saturday because I just felt that flying up was so much easier and so much better than training up. So flying up only literally because we're seven or eight minutes from the airport here. Um, it's then like a 50 minute flight and then I can get a 10 minute taxi from city to my sister's. So it's no time at all. Whereas if I get the train, the train is something like three and a half hours. I've got 30 minutes to get into Exeter and then about 45 minutes from Paddington to get to my sister's. So all in all, it's probably like a five and a half hour trip, which isn't ideal. Um, I will have to do that on the way home, but I just feel on the way home, I'll be calmer. I'm in no rush. Hendrik will be there at the other end to hopefully come pick me up. Um, so it'll be fine. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, bit of... Bit of a palaver trying to get a uh, fit-to-fly note, but that is coming. So I am getting a fit-to-fly note um, just in case they ask me. But luckily, I'm not looking too ginormous for my um, week you know, 34 weeks. So I'm actually 33 weeks still. I'm 34 weeks on Friday. Um, so what else can I fill you on? That was my midwife um, appointment. The other thing about the midwife appointment, we went through um, like all of the birthing options. So uh, I would, her face really lit up when I said that I would like potentially to do a home birth. Um, and I asked her, you know, do midwives generally rather home births and she said yeah I mean most of us always do it's it's a really nice change it's lovely it's you know you can bring your baby into your home straight away and it, it is birthed into your flora and um yeah it just sounded really lovely um and we've got the most perfect most beautiful space for it now um but I just I'm still worried about Hendrik feeling comfortable with it and um wanting to go ahead with that because if he's not comfortable I won't be comfortable so birth center is still very much on my radar we've got until 36 weeks to decide so um I think we'll probably do a little bit more chatting about it and as I get closer and see how this growth scan goes then we will um see as well so I'm just trying not to get too attached to any idea of uh where I'm going to give birth but we we did we were really realistic we did talk a lot about reasons for why I would need to get transferred, how we would go about being transferred, um, times, kind of worst case scenario, waiting for the ambulance, uh, that kind of stuff. So it was really um, informative and not kind of dreamy um, that we would have the best birth experience. It was very factual and very kind of, you know, no, if we need to transfer you, you could be waiting. It could take us 45 minutes to get you in kind of thing. So... I don't know how I feel about that yet. I'm just kind of letting it, you know, go in and see. Um, right, so that was the midwife appointment. And then we tried to fit the car seat. So <laughs> we had a bit of an issue um, 
when we went to go and buy car seats, so we bought them from Just Another Baby, Charlie at Just Another Baby, who was on the podcast a good few weeks ago now, but she's absolute dream. So if you are in Exeter, go and see her. Um, for car seats, prams, bed linen, cots, everything. She's got everything in there, grow bags, everything. Um, and she's online as well. So we went, um, when we were buying these car seats, we had a bit of an issue with not having our car. So our, our Mini, so Hendrix Mini, um, which is over 10 years old now, blew its turbo. And it was in the garage for about two and a half months. <laughs> a very long time. So over this period of time, I was buying the car seat. And I had another Mini, but it was um, a much, much smaller Mini. And... We put it in the car of the smaller Mini and just kind of saw how it fit. But me being a little bit naive, I only kind of put the base in. I didn't really actually put the car seat in. And then when I made the actual decision, we, we always went in that little Mini. We didn't take our bigger car, um, which in hindsight, probably a bad idea because we always thought, oh, well, if it fits in the Mini, of course it's going to fit in our estate. Anyway, it does fit. It does fit fits really well it's just um it doesn't so we've got a car seat that lies flat in the car which is brilliant because we do quite a lot of long journeys especially if we're going to France we will often drive to Gatwick to catch our flight um and we didn't want to have to stop we for instance we're going in the first uh two months of babies being born baby being born and it is we will have to go to Gatwick, and we didn't want to have to stop every half an hour um, to get baby out. That makes the journey really quite a long time. And also, when we go travelling, I have discussed all of this in my previous podcast, but when we go travelling, we want to not have to take the bassinet um, to the pram, so we've got this car seat that you can lie flat on the buggy, and you can just take car seat into buggy and then go. You don't have to take the bassinet as well. So... That's why we got that one, and we put it in the car yesterday, in in the um, estate, and it's a big car. Anyway, the car seat went in, it rattled a little bit, and then we put the seat back, and actually realised that the person in the front seat really doesn't have very much space at all. If it is in the lie flat position, I can just about sit in the front for a long period of time and I have possibly the shortest legs I am only five foot three and a half so there's not a huge amount going on um and I um sorry my husband's just walked upstairs with something loud on (laughs) his ipad which I think you might be able to hear but if you can I apologize um and yeah, if it's not in life flat, then it's absolutely fine. I can drive and Hendrik can be in the front seat and he can sit with his legs and it's all fine. So non-life flat in the car, it's fine. Life flat in the car, which is one of the reasons why we bought it, not that much room. Um, I think maybe long, long journeys, Hendrik would drive, although I normally drive, but Hendrik would drive and I, would, I could happily sit in the back, although I do get quite car sick. But that's not really any fun for anybody. Um, and then in the Mini, our Mini, which is a Mini Clubman, um, an old Mini Clubman, again, we've got the same problem. So it's actually not to do with the size of the car. It's the, I don't think that many cars will take it. 
um, but comfortably in the lie flat position. So we might go and see Charlie today and just double check that we've put it in right because it does also rattle quite a lot. But I was looking online last night and it turns out a lot of these car seats rattle. Plus, ours is not as big. Our car seat is not as big as the Maxi Cozy Pebble, which is the car seat that everyone seems to buy. Um, and it's the car seat, Maxi Cozy car seat, sorry, is actually longer than ours, but because it's in a more upright position, it doesn't um, hit the seat. So I think that's the the slight the slight issue that we had with the car seat. But it was just it was just not how I imagined it would be. It's totally fine, and I'm still really happy with it, and I still love it. And essentially, it is a brilliant car seat for the safety of our baby, and that's what's important. Not really important who sits where and how comfortable we are as adults. It's important the baby is comfortable, it's important that baby is happy and will be settled in the car that and safe if we have an accident and very safe. So that is the important thing, right? That's the important thing. Um, so that's what I have to remember. Anyway, enough waffling. Um, sorry that was quite waffly. I was a little bit distracted because of Hendrik coming up and downstairs, but he is now gone. <laughs> okay, so on to the nappies. So I don't know what you guys are feeling about with your nappies. Um, I know some of you have reached out to me saying, I can't wait to hear about the reusables. Really, really want to give reusables a go. And others of you have said, just can't afford to do reusables. Um, just can't afford to do biodegradables. It, it's really, really tricky. It is really tricky. So I think a reusable nappy um, is around like 12 to 15 pounds um, and you need a lot. So I have eight here. I've got eight reusable nappies here. And if a baby needs changing, probably about 10 times and maybe you will change them without needing to change them um, in the first few weeks because you're just trying to get to know your baby. I know I will definitely do that. Um, then you kind of waste a nappy. Um, so, well, maybe not with your reusables, actually. Maybe not. I'm not sure what the deal is. Can you just put them straight? Can you put them back on if they haven't weed or pooed in it? Probably. Probably can. Um, so, if you've got eight, um, you're going to have to have something else as well to start with because, otherwise, you know, they're never going to dry that quickly. They are really fast drying. So, these ones that I've got here are the Bambino Mio. So, this is the all-in-one... Um, nappy that I have here so if you're watching if you're listening to this have a look at the YouTube video channel as well and on my Instagram you'll see the images of these ridiculously cute nappies um, but they're reusable nappies and they're um, effectively cloth nappies so yeah so you need so I've got eight but you're gonna need a lot I mean some people say that you only need 12 some people say that you need like 24 some people say you need around 15. So if I get on with these, which I really hope I will, um, I will then buy some more. But it is an investment. It's a huge investment to start out with. Absolutely massive. Um, I know there's a lady in Exeter who, and I think some council councils do this, where you can get a subscription and they send you out a load of different brands and you use them. They've been used before, obviously. You use them and then you send them back. And you buy some, I think. I think that's how it works. But it allows you to trial out all the different types. Because even though these nappies say 
Um, they do fiddle sizes of babies. It really depends on what size shape your baby is. If your baby's got really, really skinny, skinny legs, maybe it's not going to work. Or one brand will work, one brand won't. Um, maybe the other way around. If um, it's, you know, got quite chubby thighs, then maybe, or chubby legs, maybe they'll be too tight. You just don't know. So there are lots of options with reusable nappies. So always try and check your local council, see what they're offering. Your local nappy advice shop, maybe. Um, like there are those sling libraries, maybe you've got a nappy one local. Excuse me. So do try and have a look and see what options there are around you. But for today, I'm going to talk about the Bambino Mio reusable nappies. So the what I love about the Bambino Mio is not only their print, <laughs> which is ridiculously cute. So they've got a new rainforest um, collection print, which is just adorable. It's got like koalas and cheetahs and oh, it's really nice. Um, and they can all, they're, so they're one size. So they've got poppers at the front that you can pop her up to make them smaller. They are still quite bulky, but there's a reason for that. They need to be. They need to be absorbent. They need to hug everything in and make sure you're not kind of, you know, baby's not leaking out everywhere. So inside um, the nappy, it's the, the all-in-one nappy, um, there's like a section that you pull out uh, and that's the absorbent panel, basically. This is an integral absorbent panel. So it's inside um, the nappy but you can pull that out to wash it if, if it's really soiled, or you can leave it in there, wash it, and then pull it out to dry. But it's got the integral kind of nappy um, section to absorb everything. And then it's just got Velcro sections on the side that you put um, either side. And it's as simple as that, really. Um, so how I envisage this working, and the YouTube video goes into a lot more detail, but is that I, so they come with liners as well. Um, you can put liners inside uh, the pot, the um, the nappy, and the liners essentially save you so much work because it catches hopefully the poop, and then the nappies are disposable and flushable and biodegradable. So grab those. It's like a mesh almost. So you can take the nappy off, grab the poop, flush it down the loo, clean baby, put on a new nappy, and then you put the nappy into the wash bucket so there's a bucket um, which is lined with a liner and you just basically put your nappy in there seal it closed so it holds all of the smells in seal it closed and then um, when you're ready to wash your nappies you can just grab the liner take the liner and put the liner with all of the nappies into the washing machine wash them at 40 degrees with the cleanser um, and some non bio and some non-bio um, washing powder or liquid, whatever you use, and that's it. That's all there is to it, and then hanging them out to dry. So I did my first wash of the nappies yesterday because when you wash them, you want to wash them before you use them. Maybe once um, before you use them, maybe twice if you can be bothered, but the more they get washed, the more absorbent they are. So I've washed them, and also because, you know, you never know who's touched them or it's just sensible with all new baby bits to give them a wash. So with the nappies, that's pretty straightforward, I feel, and quite simple if they suit our little beanie. Um, and then what's also great is you can get a bag. So if you're going out and about, and I think this is where people are a bit like, oh, don't want to carry around lots and lots of dirty nappies. But often there aren't that many places to dispose of your nappies anyway if you're using disposable nappies. So there's this bag. It's a waterproof bag. Um, we've got a really cute little... Um, 
koala print one, but it's a um, wet nappy bag. So you basically just put your dirty nappies in here, discard the poop if you want to, if not, just keep the poop in there. But, you know, if, if there's a place where you can, put the poop away, maybe flush it, or if you're in a park somewhere, maybe... Um, maybe there's a bin, maybe there's not. I, I actually have, don't know what the protocol is for that. I will have to check up on that. Um, but I would probably just wrap it all up anyway and just pop it in this, um, wet nappy bag. And then when you get home, you can deal with it. Um, or you just empty, if you've already dealt with the poop, you can empty the nappy wet bag into your laundry lined nappy bin, nappy bucket, um, and then put them in the wash when you're ready. Uh, same thing with um, the changing mat. If your changing mat gets really dirty, you can just whack that in as well. Um, but essentially, that's all there is to it, I think. I'm obviously saying this having not tried it on a real baby. So I will do another podcast to let you know how I'm getting on. And I will do another YouTube video of actually how it works. Because I think it will be quite funny to see potentially how naive I'm being or... It'll just be funny to see how I get on versus, or how I think I'm going to get on versus how I actually get on. Um, so I will definitely fill you in on all the nappies. So what do you do with wipes? So let's just talk about the wipes issue. So there's so much stuff around baby wipes about being, obviously in the first kind of few, I think it's few weeks, maybe it's even the first few months, it's kind of you're recommended to use just like a flannel and water or cotton wool and water, just water, which is fine. That's what we'll be doing. Um, but what we're also going to be using is um, reusable cheeky wipes. So you may well have heard of cheeky wipes. They're a fantastic brand. Um, it's essentially the same as nappies, but wipes. So you soak the wipes. When you buy the wipes, you get a box, two boxes. Box for mucky wipes, box for clean wipes. They provide you with these beautiful essential oils. There's one especially for the dirty ones, one especially for the clean ones. You fill up the boxes with a little water and you soak. Um, so with the clean ones, you soak your clean wipes in the box. And with the dirty ones, you it's the same principle as the nappies. It's lined with a little liner, washable liner. And you chuck your mucky wipes and seal the box in the mucky one. So that, I guess, helps to draw out all the grime, um, keep it quite bacteria-free. Um, I think the tea tree one is the uh, mucky wipes one. And oil. Um, and you leave them in there until it's full, and then you can take out the laundry bag and chuck it in the wash. So it's super simple. Um, and they also provide you with these two bags. So you can pre-soak, so you pre-soak your wipes, um, your fresh wipes, and then if you're going out, you just chuck a few pre-soaked pre wipes into your waterproof bag. And then when they're dirty and done, you can put them in your Cheeky Wipes Mucky bag, which also has a laundry liner, I believe. Um, and super easy, super simple. They don't want to be running in water. They do want to be like squeezed out a little bit, but they do want to be soaked through. So you're not rubbing kind of dry flannel. That's effectively what it feels like. Um, but they can be used for hands, bums, um, faces. Obviously, you want to keep bums, faces ones different. <laughs> um, I would still say that they are single-use wash you out, and then you want to come back and, and wash them all. So take quite a few, I reckon. 
um, if you're going out. But handy, really, really handy to have those bags. And so simple. I feel like because I haven't got any routine yet, it's quite easy to get into a good routine quite quickly. Whereas, you know, if I reach for the wet wipes, instead I'm going to reach for my cheeky wipes. If I reach for my reuse uh, my disposable nappies instead I'm going to reach for my reusables so that there's no habit that's been created yet so if I can get into the habit and get a good system going I think a is going to be okay I'm going to be all right um however saying that if the reusables are leaking everywhere and I'm having a nightmare and also because I've only got eight to start with I'm going to need to fill in with something else in the meantime so I have gone for the brand Kit and Kin. So this is Emma Bunton's brand, Kit and Kin. And if you've looked at them, if you've seen them before, you'll see they're ridiculously cute because they have little animals on the bottoms. And um, they're adorable. They're 100% biodegradable. They are hypoallergenic. And I think on their website it says it takes between six to seven years to degrade rather than 100% degrade, rather than the normal 500 years for a Pampers nappy or something like that. They're really soft. Um, I mean, I'm looking at one now. I'm literally holding it. They are so tiny. They are so tiny. They are tiny, tiny, tiny compared to re reusables. Um, however, they still do sit on a landfill and they still do take an awfully long time to biodegrade. And, you know, what do you do with them then? Do you put them in a plastic bag that biodegrades? So the plastic bag's got to biodegrade first, then the nappy. So you can just seal the tags and seal it all in, and that's what I think I'm going to do. Um, and then maybe use compostable bags to put them in if I need to. Otherwise, I'm just going to chuck them in. I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet um, of how to get rid of them, but... Uh, they are a really, really lovely brand. They are expensive, um, but there's a 25%, um, if you subscribe, basically, you get 25% off, which makes them pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, so it depends. You've got to work it out, haven't you, financially, what's going to work better for you. Um, but I would I would consider it. There are some other biodegradable brands Um as well, but the kit and ace just really stood out to me. Uh, in that, I really like they were hypoallergenic. They had really great reviews um, about being good for nappy rash and people that have struggled with eczema on their babies. Um, so I'm going to give them a try. Again, you just never know, do you? But I'm going to give them a try and see how I get on. They also sent some little baby wipes, um, which are lovely. Um, they, I think I counted, they've got seven ingredients and I'm going to probably end up using them for myself when I end up with mucky hands and have poop situations on my hands potentially. Um, but for to, to start with, I won't be using them on baby. Um, to start with, that'll just be water and then I will see how I get on. But I think it's never a bad thing to have some degradable wipes in your nappy bag if you need to and also with Hendrik like you know Hendrik will be doing a lot of the nappy changes and I need to bear in mind that he may well not be so pro he is extremely pro environment extremely potentially even more so than me he really does watch his consumption and what he's doing with everything how he's throwing everything away what he's buying what's coated in plastic all this kind of stuff um 
but there, I know that there's a limit with him with poop. <laughs> so we'll just have to see how we get on. Um, and I've also been sent, um, obviously haven't tried it, so I can't tell you what it's like. I can just tell you that um, the ingredients look good and it smells lovely, but a company called Love Boo Baby. So they do products for mums and baby. I When I do my mum essentials podcast, I will pop a few of their products on there as well. Um, but they're called Love Boo, and I've, they sent some soothing bottom butter, um, which is purely natural. So it'll be interesting to see how I get on with that. I intend to use coconut oil mostly, um, but it might be that that doesn't work, and it might be that I need something a little bit more chemical. What's in this one? Zinc oxide is in this one, which I obviously put on, well, I put on my face for um, sun cream when we go surfing, and it's pretty good. Um, so... I'm intrigued, I'm intrigued, but I will let you know how I get on with um, all the bottom butters and obviously all the nappies. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's it really with the nappies. It's pretty straightforward, I feel. And I've got loads of muslins, that kind of stuff, which I know can also double up. One thing I was going to say about the Bambino Mios um, are you can buy boosters. So if you find that the nappy just isn't absorbing as much as you need it to, definitely buy the boosters because the boosters are really quite, they're like another thick pad basic, basically. So maybe overnight, if you're finding that baby's leaking everywhere or um, I haven't got them yet. I am going to stick with the liners to start with and the mesh liners to catch the poop to make my life a little bit easier as I go through this stage. Um, and then I will just buy the, boosters if and when I need them. You can also apparently fold up a muslin um, or just bits of cloth for extra boosters. Might not be, I don't know how easily that stuff washes out of muslins, um, I really don't know, but it's a good thing to have a look at if you've got tons and tons and tons of muslins, if you're being given tons and tons and tons of muslins. So there you go, that's the nappy podcast and the essentials for um how to go about the process. I hope this has been really helpful for you because I know that I was so uh, just lost, lost with it all, really lost with it all. And I couldn't understand how you could make reusable nappies fit into your lifestyle. But actually, when you have the products in front of you and you are looking and figuring it out and almost do like a little bit of a role play, I guess, like I did on the YouTube video, um, you can see how it's going to work. You can see how it's going to work. So give it a try and let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts on the process. Um, and don't be, like, t don't compare yourself to other people. If this isn't, just isn't for you to try reusables, um, or maybe you have a disposable brand that you just love. Yes, everyone is trying to do their thing for the planet right now, but especially in the first few weeks, this is a really difficult stage. So just be kind to yourself. Do what fits well for you. And then once you've got things rolling, you could always try and move on to something that's a little bit more eco-friendly, something that's a little bit better for our planet. Don't stress yourself out over this. Just do what feels right. Try some brands. Maybe get one or two of a few different brands. But all I can tell you is that right now, looking at the products, the Bambino Mio, all-in-one solo and the kitten kin 
um, degradables, the cheeky wipes, reusables. Um, they look like fantastic brands. The quality looks brilliant. I've heard superb reviews about both of them. Um, and that's what I can share with you. I want to keep this really, really honest. I really, really do. So have a look at the YouTube video. See how I think my nappy routine is going to work. Laugh at me. <laughs> think how I'm naive that I'm being. That's all fine too. And then let me know your thoughts. All right. I will catch you next week. Um, and I can tell you all about my baby shower, which would be really, really nice. And if anyone's got any questions over the next week, holler at me, let me know, but otherwise I will catch you very soon and thank you for listening. Lots of love to you all, have a beautiful sunny day and see you soon.